Hey everyone and welcome to Galsplained, the podcast where two best gals explain anything and everything to each other better than any man ever has. <laughs> this week we're diving into all things reality TV and tips to overcome the winter blues. Yeah, you could Google it, but isn't it more fun to learn it from a friend? I'm Michelle. And I'm Claire. Here we are, Michelle, week four. Four. Wow. Last week, we talked all about manifesting and the brain, and I loved some of the stories that we got on our Instagram about people's drunk brains. I know. (laughs) Yeah, we're here this week with a ton of new crazy things that happen in our brains and in life. And uh, we're going to learn about it all today. I'm excited to talk about my stuff today because it feels like in my brain something that I'm very guilty about doing. And uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, I know we all have guilty pleasures. And your topic happens to be one of my favorite guilty pleasures. But I don't feel too guilty about it. Yeah, no. Uh, But we'll get into it. How have you been this week, Claire? (laughs) I have been good, great. Uh, I feel... (laughs) For the record, (laughs) this is bringing me back, uh, as we will always do because we have a lot of memories together from high school. This is reminding me that in high school, we had to tell each other how we were mentally, emotionally, and physically (laughs) feeling. And I was like waiting for Claire to answer. Like, mentally, I'm feeling good. Emotionally, I'm feeling like trash. But physically, I'm feeling like trash. (laughs) I think we should do this. Yeah, this was um, our opening in theater class, which honestly, as someone that teaches now, sometimes when my students are a little off, I make them do this at the beginning of class to like check in with themselves. You still do it? Yeah, it's really Um. fun. So Michelle, tell me one word for each. Don't be that kid that says more than one word. Physically, mentally, and emotionally, how are you? Mentally, I'm feeling clear emotionally Mm. i'm feeling turbulent and physically i'm feeling uh claustrophobic because i am in a blanket fort (laughs) yeah it's accurate i might need to take a picture and post it on our social media so people can see the lengths that we go through for you all claustrophobic Um, and a bit hot yep (laughs) (laughs) michelle i am physically dehydrated oh same (laughs) like always mentally excited and emotionally in sync after our manifesting last week i feel like i'm just in sync my whole body is in sync oh here we go carried that manifestation throughout the week Mm -hmm. yeah what can i say the podcast is changing my life wow (laughs) wow and it can change your life too for a small price of nothing just an hour (laughs) of your time basically (laughs) i love it i love it well michelle i would love if we could get into all things reality tv yeah speaking about wasting hours of your life uh reality (laughs) tv i just want to start with claire what kind of reality tv shows do you watch michelle i do not discriminate uh i love competition reality tv shows anything from uh nailed it that netflix show about (gasps) baking awful desserts love nailed it to uh 
I'd recently got into Dancing with the Stars this year, which I've never been into. Okay, Mom. <laughs> um, I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a big sucker for Teen Mom and anything of that sort. Really? <laughs> yeah. What about you? I actually have never been into Teen Mom, so I'm very surprised that you said that. But... I really like um, Bachelor and Bachelorette. I was just watching that um, yesterday, and it comes on again as we're recording. It's a Tuesday today. Uh, so I am very into that as well. Um, I'm and very guilty so about excited. It. I am so excited mm, for The got, Bachelorette now. We got Tasha spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> I think that this is the best spoiler. She is amazing. Her season of Bachelor in Paradise was everything uh hot take bachelor in paradise is better than bachelor absolutely yeah (laughs) so i'm unfortunately very into that show um i'm also into a lot of cooking shows recently because my roommate Mm. libby has actually introduced them to me we just chill and watch them on days when we want to you know chill and watch them so i'm into stuff like uh cutthroat kitchen is new for me beat bobby flay chopped you know all that stuff so nailed it i also love uh, so I'm really into that kind of stuff. I'm also into a lot of documentary type series, like Tiger King, like everyone else was this quarantine. Uh, oh, yeah. I like barely considered that reality TV. I guess that's the that's the most reality TV that there is, I guess. Well, yeah. Well, there's a lot of categories of reality TV, Claire, and I'm going to spell it out for you. So as yes. of 2020, the Emmys recognized these types of reality TV to give out to award- awards to. And we'll get into what I think about that. But basically, these are the categories they uh, assign for reality television. So there's documentary or nonfiction series. Uh, that could be anything from Tiger King to Planet Earth to American Masters, which I don't know what that is, but that's an example I saw and it seems really popular. And that makes me think that maybe a lot of you know what that is. But yes, those are <laughs> types of uh, documentary or nonfiction series. Then there's hosted nonfiction series or specials. Um, it was actually changed to that this year. Uh, it used to be a different name um, and it was named that to reflect that it recognizes personality-driven programs in which the host Hmm. drives the show's narrative. Uh, This includes documentaries, travelogues, segmented programs, interview format. An example of this would be Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown. Comedians in the Car Getting Coffee is one of my favorites, (laughs) but... I think Billy on the Street, I forgot about it. Have you ever seen that? That's like um, one of my favorite reality shows of all time. So host-driven because it is all Billy Eichner. I love him, but you're totally right. That is a perfect example of that. And it's, I mean, it's very structured. Uh, but yeah, it has a host going on the street and just doing his thing, which actually- He's hilarious. Yes, definitely watch it. It's on Netflix now, thankfully. Um, I did a huge binge of it during quarantine. (laughs) My favorite segment from Billy on the Street is when he has a little girl and Will Ferrell scream for an American Girl doll in front of the American Girl doll store. And it's just Will Ferrell's eyes staring deeply into like a seven-year-old girl's eyes and they just scream for an American Girl doll. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that lady who always comes on with him, who he found on the street one day, and then she just became a recurring character because she's so yes. funny. I don't remember her name. Do you know her name? Uh, oh no! Like, oh, she's so funny. And the more you dive into her life, it like is peeling back layers. Oh, I love her. She's so funny. Ugh, but no, I don't think he was nominated for any um, Emmys, unfortunately, but. He is a good example of that category. So structured reality programs is essentially anything that seems like reality, but it has a definite structure to this. So like uh, a good example of this would be Queer Eye, Shark Tank, Love is Blind, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, Lip Sync Battle, Mythbusters. And so that's structured reality program. And then we go to unstructured reality program so this would be very um character driven by the people who are in the show and there's not necessarily any set structure per episode so that would be shows like cheer we're here deadliest catch naked and afraid teen mom oh teen mom would actually be a great example of it too um and that also is obviously a very wide range of subject matters deadliest catch is very different from Naked and Afraid and um, Teen Mom. So I don't know about you, but I only watched Deadliest Catch when I was at a hotel with my parents when I was growing up. That was it. That was like, we turned on cable, Deadliest Catch was on, I'm going to sit with my dad on the end of the two double beds in the hotel room and we're going to watch Deadliest Catch. You have like no other choice but to watch it. Someone from my neighborhood growing up, well, you lived in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. but from my childhood was on Naked and Afraid. And that's the only episode I've seen. And can I tell you, seeing someone that you saw at church every Sunday, like fully clothed <laughs> and then being on Naked and Afraid, that was jarring. Like things are happening to them. Like you feel bad for them. They might die. There's chance that they could get in serious medical trouble out there. It's it's a bit insane. <laughs> but that's unstructured reality program. Um, and then our last category is competition program. So that could be RuPaul's Drag Race, which is one of the last three Emmys for this um, specific genre. Um, Top Chef, The Voice, American Idol. Uh, that one's pretty straightforward, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I. But that's all the categories. Personally, I will say this categorization system sucks. If I had it my mm-hmm. way, I would categorize it more on... Um, the content rather than how it's structured because I mean all reality TV is structured so like I was seeing We're Here was an unstructured reality program I watched that show it's a great show by the way very heartwarming um and it's basically about three drag queens going to rural towns and putting on a drag show and each of them every episode are assigned a case with like one or two people that they're supposed to make into drag kings and queens. Uh, And that's, yeah, that sounds very structured to me. Yeah. It tries to like take a very naturalistic tone, but I was just surprised that it was in that section. Um, So I would, if, if I was in charge of categorizing it for the Emmys, I would probably do it more on like cooking and like singing and uh, uh, competition and, I don't know, all that kind of stuff. I will say this is not the first time that I've complained about the Emmys categorization system (laughs) because I actually do have a YouTube channel. Here's a small little plug. And on that YouTube channel, I uh, complained about how the Emmys categorize 
children's cartoons and adult cartoons and how they really mess up children's cartoons because of it. If you want to find that, link to that in any of my social media media bios. There's a little plug for you. (laughs) But back to this, that's basically all the categorization. So I want to know, Claire, what do you think of reality TV? Do you think it's good or bad for us as a whole? I think it really depends on the type of show because there's really heartwarming, amazing reality TV shows that serve a purpose of breaking down barriers like Queer Eye. I think Queer Eye does an amazing job with this. It really helps people. I was also a big fan of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, mm-hmm. um, which I think helped serve a lot of people and actually teach them something. It wasn't so much about the people and their lives. It was about how her methodology of tidying up of um, the condo method of if something doesn't bring you joy, let it go, was serving people, which was really fun to watch. But I also think that there's a place for trashy, what we would put in the trashy category of reality TV. We've got the Teen Mom. We've got Bachelor franchise. We've got the circle. Love is blind. That's how I would categorize that. And then we have competition shows, which I think it's fun. If you're not into sports, it's really fun to like root for someone and root for people. That's why I've been loving Dancing with the Stars. I've never been into it before, but it's really fun to watch and root for people. And I don't vote or call in or anything because I don't watch it live. But I can imagine that that energy would be really fun. I remember watching American Idol growing up and calling in when I wanted Ruben Stutter to win over Clay Aiken. And <laughs> I don't know, did you watch American Idol growing up? Oh, yeah. And I I remember voting for Ruben Stutter or Clay Aiken. And I cannot reveal who I voted for because I really don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went on the tour we saw when they came to like our local performance center I don't remember the show at all but I remember getting my t-shirt and being so excited and it was almost like a Brady Bunch pattern that had like the top 10 or 12 faces in it and I used a sharpie and circled Ruben Stutter's face that's how obsessed with him you loved Ruben wow yeah couldn't even tell you what he looks like but back then I was all in (laughs) I will say when I was in high school I actually went to an American Idol concert when it was like less popular at that point but like I was really into this one season um and I went and I still love the music that one of the like she wasn't even a runner-up. I think she was number six because the judges hated on her. Her name is Haley Reinhardt. And she's, she's my favorite. She's so good. She's so she was the best one on that season. She was so slept on. And her music is amazing. I love her. Her her holiday album is so good for anyone that wants to get into the holiday mood. But yeah, I totally agree that the, it there are varying degrees, obviously, of reality TV from what I was saying before. And like cooking TV isn't necessarily as toxic as reality day-to-day life TV like the Kardashian show. And I am really not into the Kardashians. I think they're funny and I love using them as memes. Um... But I think there is a bit of that glorification of excessive wealth and beauty that is like to that toxic extent that like social media like thrives off of. It's the same one for like things like Bachelor Nation. And I watch Bachelor and I watch it. I watched it at first. I think everyone kind of does because you're like, 
ironically watching it because you think they're so stupid. But then at a certain <laughs> point, you're like, you watch it and you're into Bachelor Nation so much that like, are you still ironically watching it or are you actually into it now? But like, crazy. I do, yeah. And I, I do have a lot of family members who really like it too. And I know like, maybe she doesn't want me saying this, but I know my stepsister even really wanted to be on the show and there's no hate towards that of course that's just like the kind of guilty pleasureness that those type of shows always kind of feed off of when I think of why I enjoy the shows that I watch I that are reality tv I watch them because they like don't they're mindless but also like I get super into them and their storylines so it's a little bit of a oxymoron there like a weird thing because you say you're not like that into it like it's mindless but yet you're spending hours of your life like sometimes the bachelor is three hours long there's something about with bachelor bachelorette or any reality show where you see the characters in a light that you don't see them in on a competition show you see them being vulnerable you see them going on dates or you know teen mom you see them doing all of that having a child going through the struggles Um, But specifically with Bachelor, Bachelorette, any kind of dating show like that, it's so interesting now that we have social media to be able to immediately finish the show and then follow all your favorite people. It's like seeing your favorite character in a TV show, like just a regular TV show, and you wanted more of them and you can have more. I mean, I follow my favorite Bachelor contestants on Instagram. I do too, but only on my Finsta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, it's definitely a character thing. And there are a few studies that, like, show why people enjoy reality TV. Um, it There's some things that say that the more someone enjoys reality TV, the more they want to be a part of it. A study did find that people don't necessarily watch these shows to enjoy the humiliation of others, but rather because of their empathy for these people, which I thought was interesting because, if anything... Um, I always thought that I love watching the humiliation, especially because of shows like Wipeout and Survivor and stuff like that. But also, yeah. I will say that the article I found that study in disagreed with that study, and they thought the study was misleading and a little too optimistic through like how they found that information. So take that with a grain of salt. Also, Psychology Today says the attitude that best separated the regular viewers of reality television from everyone else is the desire for status. Fans of the shows are much more likely to agree with statements such as prestige is important to me and I am impressed with designer clothes than are other people. We have studied similar phenomena before and found that the desire for status is just a means to get attention. And I really resonated with that because I think that is the problem with a lot of like reality TV and social media that we're constantly hearing about, right? Is that we just are constantly wanting more attention and like we've been brought up on technology for so long that we feel like we need an audience at all times. So we always give other people an audience in the hopes that like, well, maybe my audience will be the same or if I look like that or if I do this, but we're getting really, really deep into it that way. <laughs> uh, all that to say, like, that is just this what the study uh, claimed. Yeah, and I feel like that study really only hits with one type of reality TV, the type that we might call guilty pleasure reality TV, the type where it's dating shows or a day in the life kind of uh, format rather than like, 
I don't think you could say that about someone watching Tidying Up with Marie Kondo (laughs) or Queer Eye even. I really don't. Well, even Queer Eye, like, they make you look trendy. And so, like, you're like, oh, I want to be as trendy as them. But you're right. It's really is more for, like, the guilty pleasure reality TV. And I think, honestly, even with that, at least for me, like, I watch The Bachelor and I don't think that I want to wear that gown. Who wears gowns as often as they do? on that show (laughs) those people don't even so it's it is a bit i i think it's like an escapism thing too in my mind like yeah you're escaping to this reality that doesn't exist but it looks so fairy tale like it's so outside the realm of like our world as normal people that it's fun to just like put it on and pretend that it's real life even though it's probably not even for them most reality tv shows and i know that this is a lot of it is producer driven and how much is actually reality that's a discussion for another time but they focus on one issue or one problem so like let's say we have four uh teen moms on a season of teen mom every time we come back to teen mom number two she's going to have the same issue with whatever's going on with the her parents or her baby daddy or whatever it is. It's the same issue every episode. And they're so like one track mind about it. And it makes you forget sometimes that these people are multifaceted human beings. And I feel that way when I watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. It's really easy for me to put these people in a certain circle based on how they're edited and how... um how their storyline is progressing. But as human beings, we don't have a storyline. Like we don't have one succinct storyline. So that's why reality TV, I think is so easy for our minds to consume because it's like, what if life was as easy as following a storyline? Yeah, absolutely. And I will end this with saying that there are a lot of places that say that people who watch reality TV Uh, are doing it when they aren't connecting as much with people or are feeling lonely. So like I believe that a lot of people were probably heavily binging reality TV more than usual during quarantine because not only is it escapism from normal world but in a world where we aren't connecting as much with people we feel like we are connecting with these people on screen. Yeah, it's a friend talking to you. They talk right to the camera. And I think that it can give our minds that same feeling. Uh, I know we both like YouTube a lot. And I think YouTube vloggers can have the same kind of vlogging style can feel like reality TV a little bit. Absolutely. I wanted to shout out two more shows because they came to my mind while we were talking. A big one is the one that Michelle and I will both love and want to be on. It's um, Encore. Oh, I love Encore. (laughs) That was a good show that came right before quarantine. Yeah, because Disney Plus. Oh, it's so good. And I think that we should definitely be on that show as a school. It's basically a show where people go back and to do their high school shows all over again like the musicals that they did in high school and it's so heartwarming it's so awkward sometimes but like at other times you see how much like theater changed people even if it wasn't necessarily their career very inspirational yeah and it's 10 20 30 years later after these shows happened and to see this group of people back in the same space they bring in like a broadway level director choreographer and like extras And it's so interesting to see how 
I get the same vibe from it that I got from Queer Eye and from Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, that like heartwarming, lift you up, everyone feels better at the end than they did at the beginning. It's not about bashing anyone. It's just there to make you feel good. Reality TV can be a reflection of life, but I think it can be the best and the worst reflections of life. That's true. That is true. I think we've been on recess long enough, but I do hear a little bell to give us a longer bit of recess, so right into it we go. Hello everyone and welcome to our recess today. I am so excited for this recess, Michelle, because our community really came out and answered our question, which was what are you manifesting and or what has your drunk brain made you do? So the answers to the manifesting questions were very wholesome and very sweet positive energy um goodness in my life joy coming in the holiday season and the answers to the drunk brain section were ridiculously funny talk about left brain right brain (laughs) um i got one from at fludoodlebacher he said i'm manifesting creative energy my drunk brain made me write a song about pancakes which i think is those kind of go together there you manifested creativity in the form of uh drunk pancakes i love that (laughs) yeah i'd like to hear that song fledoodlebacher hit me up with that song (laughs) i had a story about uh this young lady's drunk brain dm to us which I, th- I think I have to keep it anonymous because I said DMs would be kept anonymous. So she said, one night after a wine Wednesday, I got really messed up and went home pretty blackout. In the morning, I woke up really early on the couch with my pants unzipped and I was super confused. Oh, so no. I went back to bed. I woke up later that morning to an odd smell and looked down at my huge tote bag to see that drunk me had pooped in my purse. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was so awful. I cried and never went that hard on a wine Wednesday ever again. Ooh, a wine Wednesday? Yeah, that makes sense. That's <laughs> disgusting. Oh, poor girl. I know. She She also wanted to say... um, For less disgusting things, drunk me always takes off my fake eyelashes when I wear them and I leave them in funny places and then I get mad in the morning because they're expensive. (laughs) Oh, that's true. That happens to me all the time if I'm wearing fake eyelashes and I'm drunk. And also if I'm not drunk, fake eyelashes get lost so easily. When I had daily contacts um, in college, I used to, like, no matter where I was, and I think people, contact wearers, feel me, just, like, flick them out of my eyes, and I would wake up in the morning and step in contacts. Disgusting, I know. (laughs) Is there any more cool messages we got about drunk brains or anything today? I think we should just move into part two, because we could talk about this all day thank you so much to everyone who sent in (laughs) questions and in the future head over to our instagram or our twitter and dm us or comment on one of our posts uh you could be mentioned in a future recess yeah so check that out but for now on to the next lesson so claire that was a good recess with a lot of good comments from our community but you know i've been feeling a little blue can you tell me oh, some Michelle. stuff about that? <laughs> Great transition. All right, Michelle, I'm so excited to talk to you about battling the winter blues. All right, please help me. <laughs> well, it's been a few weeks 
but daylight savings has arrived. The days are shorter, the nights are longer. Uh, Not either of us, but some of our listeners might get up and drive to work, and it's dark out, and they might leave work, and it is dark out again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all I can say to this is why I hate this, but you know, I love being positive. I shared last week one of my favorite phrases, which is positive outlook, positive outcome. Mm. But when those winter blues hits, it is so much harder to stay motivated and positive. And there's a pandemic. I mean, you feel me? I just want to sleep all the time. (laughs) Yeah, well, don't feel hopeless. We got you. We got this. So as we're getting into colder, darker months, I want to talk about ways to effectively keep your spirit bright, keep your vitamin D positivity flowing through these colder and darker seasons. So are you ready for that? I'm very ready because pandemic depression going into uh, winter depression is just a thing on thing on thing, especially with the year 2020s. Let's get into it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like no one is ready for winter because of it. But I also feel like we're kind of all champs now at staying inside because of the six plus months of quarantine we've had. But I know for me, one of my big motivators during quarantine was being outside, being in sunlight, taking walks. For a while, I moved my desk in front of a window. But what happens when we can't do that? I know just talking through everything that we talked through quarantine, Michelle, uh, we had really different experiences because I was locked down in an area where I can be outside. I have access to outside area and you did not. What was that like being locked down in the summer in the city? Yeah, there were definitely many phases of quarantine for me. Like there was a point in the beginning where it wasn't that bad. And then a point where it was like, It was unreal that I even lived through it. Like, that New York was even the way it was. It was just so shut down up here. But, like, I won't get into the depression of it, obviously, because it it, it was survivable, and I did not have it as bad as other people. Um, But there was a certain point when we started to go out, like, around June-ish, July-ish, to parks every so often, like, socially distanced, obviously, Um, sometimes with, like, some friends that, like, we were consistently around anyways like not new people and being able to go to those parks was a huge relief um and I will say like not taking the subway places and instead walking places because that felt safer um yeah like for instance going to the vet or something for my cat like that was actually really nice to actually have the time and you know, the excuse to not have to spend money on the subway. Yeah, I I think that's really interesting because I know for a lot of people during uh, kind of the summer months of quarantine, we were doing everything we could to be outside, walking more places. I, I saw so many people on nightly walks, which is a good habit. But what happens in the winter months when it is not only dark, but cold and we can't do this anymore. We can't get our little daily dose of vitamin D. Um, So I started doing this research for myself because I, I don't know about you. I was getting a little nervous because the other night uh, Jeff and I had dinner and I had this whole list of things that I wanted to do, an errand I wanted to run. Uh, I like to get a lot done in the evening. I'm a night person. I always have been, but it was 630 
we had already eaten dinner <laughs> and it was already pitch black outside. So I didn't do anything. It's not even cold yet here. And my motivation was already lacking. Yeah. I mean, I work in a building that is all about being outside and enjoying the outside and enjoying like the the world around us in New York. I won't name it. But definitely when it gets darker now, since it's getting darker earlier, it's very startling because you are like, oh, all right, that means work is almost over, right? But it's not now. And it's just a very, yeah, it, it makes you way more sleepy and way more, you just don't want to even go out when it's that dark, especially in the city when you're walking. Yeah. I'm going to walk you through exactly what is happening to your mindset in these winter dark months and also what vitamin D is, how it benefits you. And then we're going to talk about what you can do to combat these winter blues, as I am calling them. So have you heard of seasonal affective disorder or SAD? I have heard of SAD. What's the saddest acronym of all time? It's a very Um, apt acronym. It's almost funny. Yeah, I think it's good to laugh about it because I think a a lot of us have experienced this before. Um, It's actually an older term for major depressive disorder with seasonal pattern. Uh, But I think sad is more well known and I'm going to continue to call it sad moving forward uh, just because it feels apt. It feels right. Um, so sad is a psychological condition. It's normally provoked by the changes in season, especially in fall and winter, due to reduced sunlight that may disrupt your body's internal clock. And good news for us, Michelle, this is most common in women and young adults. Love that. Check and check. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) And it can cause a drop in serotonin, which we learned all about serotonin last week in our brain episode. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people, when they have less extreme symptoms, may refer to SAD as the winter blues. But symptoms of SAD can include being fatigued, having trouble concentrating, feeling hopeless, irritable, maybe not interested in uh, going on that walk with a friend. Uh, you can have general unhappiness and that that good old winter pasta weight gain is also part of sad. Mm-hmm. And to keep you warm with your body fat, right? That's yeah. what I tell myself. I'm like, I'm just staying warm. <laughs> and it's like cookie season and like chocolate covered everything season and like every dessert is sweet. So it, it's kind of unfair that these things are popular during this time of year, but This all sounds very sad. But here's the good news. It's very common. It's extremely treatable. And when the seasons change, and they will change, it's over. So it's not forever. If you feel sad coming on, just know that you are not alone. There are a lot of people in the same boat with you. And you can do things to combat this, uh, which... I have a lot of good tips for us. So to make these changes, we need to understand why we need vitamin D and why it's good for our bodies. Michelle, what do you know about vitamin D? Um, That's the one that's not in citrus, right? Yeah. Even though I took sunny, I drank sunny D every morning growing up. A lie. 
a big bold face <laughs> lie. I felt I felt great after I had it because sugar. sugar. <laughs> well, uh, and I hope you're proud of me that I did not make a dirty joke. I could have very easily made that <laughs> dirty dirty joke. <laughs> Thank you for uh, g- going above the belt here and uh, just staying staying with not us below the in belt. our non. In our non-explicit podcast. (laughs) (laughs) On a total tangent, the first time I I used to drink Sunny D every morning, probably for like a year. I had it every single morning. And one time I think we were visiting my relatives and they did not have any Sunny D. They poured me orange juice and I thought it was Sunny D. So I took a big swig. I was mistaken. It was orange juice. It was not as sweet, not as good. <laughs> well, see, Sunny D is not from oranges. It, they make it from sun rays. Did you know that? Yeah, it comes directly from the they sun. They juice the rays. Yeah. Taste taste the sun? Nope, that's taste the rainbow, Skittles. <laughs> oh, man. That's actually disgusting that you were that obsessed with Sunny D, but I can relate uh I was obsessed with chicken nuggets when I was younger, so I am not much better than you. I'm still obsessed with yeah. chicken nuggets. Who am I kidding? Funny thing about vitamin D, it is actually naturally present in very few foods. So you can't be like, oh, like with vitamin C, I want more vitamin C in my diet, so I'm going to have more citrus or whatever it is. Vitamin D, the only foods that it's very present in is like really fishy foods. Mm, that's why you should eat fish. So. Yeah, so salmon, uh, fish oil, if you ever take fish oil pills. Mm -hmm. Um, But we get vitamin D from the sun. It helps regulate calcium and phosphate in your body, which keeps your bones, your teeth, and your muscles healthy. So a lot of studies have shown a link between a vitamin D deficiency and depression. I won't get into all of this, but a lot of analysis is found analyses analysis anal a lot of studies found you got them that, <laughs> um statistically people with low vitamin d were at a much higher risk of depression yeah that's why Other i try to people, take my vitamins yeah vitamins are great i just started taking them a few months ago and i understand why my mother always wanted me to take them sorry mom <laughs> i thought you wanted it for so long <laughs> So other people that are at higher risk are people who live at higher altitudes, have darker skin, or are older. Oh. Um, and a vitamin D deficiency can lead to those achy bones, fatigue and drowsiness, weakness and pain in your joints, and pretty much all symptoms of depression line up with a vitamin D deficiency. But before you go self-diagnosing, you can get this tested. You can, if you really feel like you align with this, like I have said something that is just opening your eyes and taking some vitamin D will solve your problems, you can get it tested in your blood before you go self-diagnosing. Okay, got it. So understanding that a vitamin D deficiency, uh, like in your body, in your blood, can be different from SAD. We can all just be low on vitamin D because of the time of year. So on to the positivity. Here are some ways to feel your absolute best, most productive self. Uh, My first tip, number one, and Michelle, I'd love to get your tips in here, too, or what you think about these, because these are just uh, Claire Hanlon hot off the press tips. Wow, I feel so honored. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the first one that I have is test your vitamin D levels, take a supplement, 
or a vitamin. How do you feel about taking vitamins? I take vitamins. I love vitamins. I'm super bad at remembering them, just like any <laughs> medication or anything, but they definitely do help. Yeah, I I always feel my best when this is totally kind of off topic, but I promise I'll bring it back. When I'm at the beach and I've laid in the sun all day, which is a big privilege, and then I go up and we go out to dinner and I have a big like piece of salmon or fish. Mm. You're getting all your vitamin D. You're firing on all cylinders. I just feel good. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling that like nap on the beach when you've been laying in the sun is like the most blissful nap in the world because that vitamin D. Absolutely. Mm. There's something happening in your brain when you lay it on the beach for a long time with the sun soaking in and then you eat a hearty dinner. Ooh, yeah, that's. That's why I want to go to the beach now. That's why the winter time's so hard. <laughs> yeah. So something you can do in the winter is take a supplement if you can, or maybe eat salmon at every meal, whatever uh, floats your boat. I want salmon. Uh, my tip, I know I love salmon. My tip number two would be to exercise, but whatever that means to you. I'm not saying go out and run a mile every morning. I'm saying, like, if you can, bundle up and go for a walk with a friend. Uh, It's kind of hard to join a gym right now. I know different people have different feelings about it. Um, But I really enjoy doing different, like, workout videos on my TV. I open all the windows if I can or, like, open my blinds. I don't care who sees when I walk by. And doing a little dancing inside or or find somewhere warm or inside that you can explore. So just whatever you can to get outside, get your blood moving a little bit. I think everybody knows that. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, we actually got a wee. Oh, I think I remember you telling me this. Oh, and man. we played... We played Just Dance because we couldn't go outside as much. So I'm sure in the colder months, uh, things like that will come forward as well. It can feel silly, but it actually really helps when you can't get outside to just get your body moving inside. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was doing during quarantine is I had a daily yoga routine, which I have now fallen back on. But that like moving around and like being at one with my body, I know it's like, super like oh my gosh I have to do yoga every day but it it does help it really does and all these said you know if this isn't your jam if you don't want to sit and do like an intense cardio routine just do what you can but my tip number three is light therapy Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Some of my friends do that it sounds so awesome I have a sun lamp you do too right here yes I think it was $30 on Amazon. I got it last year when I was working at a desk more than ever. Um, And I turn it on whenever I want a little boost of light, uh, especially whenever I'm working and it's really early in the morning or later at night because it tricks my mind and tells me that it's daytime because it's such a bright white light. Mm. And also it helps your mind produce serotonin which i find really interesting i don't have one but (laughs) they i i like i think it's so smart because i mean we we uh light our plants to make them grow with like heat lamps and stuff so like why would we not 
why would we not think that we need similar things as organisms that are living? (laughs) My good friend actually has a sun lamp on either side of this small mirror and when she she's a teacher and she has to go to work really early in the morning uh pre-quarantine when she was going into work she actually would light up her sun lamp and get ready in the morning at like 5 a.m or 5 30 with this light shining on her to not only wake herself up but give her some of that good energy going into the day which I think even if you can only do it in the morning for like, you know, 20 minutes while you get ready, that's better than nothing. Mm, that's really smart. I also recently got a sun alarm clock, which because of the blackout curtains in my room, I hate waking up to it being like pitch black in my room, which I know a lot of us are experiencing. So this sun alarm clock mimics the sun rising. It starts about 20 minutes before I want to get up with like a deep red color and then it slowly becomes lighter and brighter. And then by the time I wake up, it's a bright white light. That's really cool. I'm getting into my favorite tips here. Tip number four is stimulate your senses. I use essential oils all the time, which I'm big on. Uh, Stimulating your senses can actually give you positive energy you can also i was reading like paint your nails a bright color so every time you look at them your mind is stimulated or hang something up behind your desk that inspires you and is bright and fun uh decorate for the holidays or take a cold shower get those (laughs) senses stimulated (laughs) the cold shower cold here we are (laughs) Uh, what can I say? Self-improvement will always be my favorite topic. <laughs> we have to say the words cold shower in every podcast. That's just how we are now. This is the cult. I think so. If we ever miss it, somebody gets $100. Oh, that's a big thing to say. I didn't say who. It's just somebody. Just Could, somebody. Be <laughs> Could be me. Could be me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Number five in my tips to combat the winter blues is nurture your spirit. Lean into it. You don't have to be productive. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get everything done on your checklist today. If you want to sit in and curl up under a cozy blanket, make a cup of tea, read a book, watch something funny, perhaps one of these reality TV shows we talked about, um, put on our podcast to laugh a little. Uh And if you want to write and and reflect, nurture your spirit, allow yourself to be still and and use this darkness, this time to reflect and and re-energize and plan for what the spring will look like. That's a good thing to say because I feel like I always hear like self-care is you have to like be so motivated to do all these things. And like, especially in the pandemic, everyone was like, Shakespeare wrote a play when he was in quarantine for the Black Death or whatever it was. And it's like, it can be a bit overwhelming at times to think of self-care as like constantly producing. So it's it's nice yeah. to know that like maybe sometimes self-care means having a motivation to do something specific that's not necessarily, you know, doing a ton of tasks. 
Yeah, I've always been of the notion that self-care means doing and listening to your body to do exactly what you need to care for yourself in that moment. I think it has become this overproduced, I need to have this beautiful bath with this bath bomb and all these candles and be reading a really intellectual book. And even moments that are supposed to be relaxing and full of self-care, they're not. Self-care for you could be watching The Bachelor. Uh, it could it really could it could be eating a piece of cake I don't think it has to necessarily be the quote-unquote healthiest thing to be considered self-care and I think the biggest part of battling these winter blues is holding yourself accountable and being in touch with your emotions that's always like step number one of any kind of self-improvement is understanding yourself and being able to be in touch, be aware of what's going on. Uh, If you have sad, being able to recognize that because once you're able to recognize what's going on, you can move forward and move into a place of progress and change and making yourself feel better. No one likes to sit in these feelings. Um, I do want to say tip number six and the last one is talk to someone. Uh, reach out to friends, family, or a therapist. We both think that's really important and crucial. Yeah, absolutely. I go to therapy and I don't know what I would do without a therapist sometimes. I was actually just talking about this today with someone that like when I don't go to therapy is when I notice that I'm more down in the dumps. And it's, I know like it's easy to say like, oh, I know this about myself. I know this about myself. I don't need it. But like, Truly, like just having someone there who's a professional and literally went to school for this and is certified in all the things you're probably going through chemically in the brain, it, it's just, it's it can be life-saving sometimes. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you want to do one of these things, all of these things, any tip, uh, anything that you're doing to try to make yourself feel better is a form of self-care. You are taking care mm-hmm. of yourself and being in tune with yourself. So take care of yourself like you would take care of a little tiny baby or a puppy or someone that you you really you really love. Definitely. That's such good advice. Huh, I hope you all are doing okay in this winter season. It's uh twenty twenty has been a year so definitely you need to look out for yourself around this time yeah and i hope this helped in setting yourself up for success to beat those winter blues i hope it battled a little bit of anxiety that you might have going into the winter season um i think that we got this as long as we keep doing things that make us happy and this podcast makes me so happy michelle makes me happy too Well, I guess that's about it for today. Uh, But if you want to see more of our photos and other things we talked about and interact with us a little more, follow us on at GalsplainedPod on both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, for our homework today, we would love if you could go over to our Instagram and Twitter and let us know what's your reality TV guilty pleasure and what is your instant self-care pick-me-up answer us on social media yep and remember to subscribe and rate and review if you have not yet for those a little confused you can only rate and review on apple podcasts one time (laughs) but you can do it on multiple devices uh and we'll see you next time bye have a good weekend bye